Aries Duran. One of the things that all of you need to understand whenever it comes to esoteric writings, if it's coded by, say, DK or the Revelation of St. John or Kutumi and your comms, any, any comm material, you actually have to look very carefully at each word and how the words are interrelated. My cards are, are the same. So I'm not going to go into all of Aries now because that will probably take another hour or so. But uh, the exoteric d description of uh, or quality of Aries is here depicted as the fiery warrior. And it relates or, to Mars of those three planetary rulers. So you've got the martial backing of this quality of fire and warrior. And so, first of all, you're looking at Mars as the god of war, that which energizes all fields of activity. Uh, you know, the, the, martial, the martial quality is sex, desire, all of those things that um, aggression that can be, but all of those things that, that help you to accomplish you, what you want to do on the physical plane, whatever your field of desire is, the Aryan impulse is to rush out and do it with a lot of gusto and force. So the sixth ray, of course, is Mars. So the the fiery warrior is the the warrior that can be sort of the zealot, as you know, in the Crusades, where you had the the Crusaders going out to to fight the they call the infidel to reclaim the Holy Land, Jerusalem, and all of the slaughter that happened as a consequence of that. That's the fiery warrior, the, the zealous, the zealous um, zealot, and to, to conquer, to, to overcome whatever the impediment is uh, ahead, and it's normally full of desire, full of passion. So you get an idea, if you look at the, the, the Crusades' passion to, to conquer, literally to kill that... You know, it came from there. They were what they were all sort of busy in those days, jousting and and in tournaments and proving their their martial valor and strength and honor through beating each other. So war was all that they really cared about in New and the valor of war. And in those particular times, the the, the Pope the, in Europe was troubled by all these knights busy sort of. Some some of them were quite lawless. They, they were they, they were on vagabonds, basically just just um, robbing and killing or whatever. But um, I won't go into all of that. But all of you have an idea of, of this particular concept of of being a warrior for whatever your desire is in order to achieve it. Uh, whether it's to make lots of money, and normally it's for in the field of sex, or you know. But more specifically, it's the the sign Aryan. Very often, it's the sign that that's more associated with being in combat, being trained as a soldier, and whatever, you know, however it applies, it's that energy. So anyway, that's the exoteric, and it's fiery because there's often a lot of desire, and the desire is filled with, you know, instigates or fuels elementary mind. The mind is not necessarily very intelligent, or it can be very intelligent, but the desire filled with mind makes the type, as I said, use the term before, zealot. You 
interrelates this fire of Mars with the concept of warrior to strive to overcome. And it gives you an idea of the forcefulness and the intensity of the normal Aryan subject. The Lamb of God and Mercury, therefore, are interrelated. So the Lamb of God is your esoteric ruler or the esoteric description of Mercury. Mercury is one of the most uh, fascinating planets or planetary rulers to analyse. There's so much myth associated with him, and we've gone into the symbolism of the glyph before. And, you know, you saw it was either the, the Caduceus staff and the Ida Pingalanadi and the wings and the soul and, the, you know, yeah, rising up to the spirit and all of that. Now, God, this Lamb of God, now, you know... The, the symbolism of the Christ is, is the, well, the Christ is the Lamb of God. You, you think of it in those times. But the Lamb grows into a ram. And so the symbol of Aries is really Aries the ram. And I suppose when I um, did these cards, I didn't write up top. I just wrote Aries. And I it should have had on the other side, say, the ram and then Taurus, the bull. I suppose that particular aspect of it just stood for granted, so I didn't bother writing. The reason why it's lamb is because it again relates to the early evolutionary period. It's not a ram, it's the, the lamb grows into the ram, and the ram, of course, is also implicated in the lamb, and of course in the sign, in the, the whole picture that you've got. You've got the horns of the, the ram there, which forms the, the base or the pedestal of the throne of God, and a lamb sitting there in the greenery to show you. So it's the, the whole process of the beginning of the sign of the zodiac. And you're going from, say, Aries to Taurus, Taurus to Gemini, and as you're going through the signs, you're growing, you're evolving qualities and capacity. And finally, you become the ram as you travel to all those 12 signs. So it's basically this concept of evolutionary growth, the energy that pushes someone on to fulfillment from the child state to becoming the full mind of God. The Aries bears the mind of God, and I use God, of course, in in our esoteric sense, not the Christian anthropomorphic sense, buries the, the mind of the planetary logos, the cosmic mind, into manifestation. And that's the reason why it's the Lamb of God. It's the, the beginning of the process. As much as you can bear of cosmic mind in consciousness is um, what Aries symbolizes. And, of course, for the disciple... It's at the lamb stage. They're not yet the full, the full ram, the full will and might of of this deity. We, you know, of the, the principle of God. It's the beginning of it, and it also is the beginning of the evolution of the Christ child, of the principle of love, which is veiled, of course, in. Mercury, the messenger of the gods. And you can see again this concept of being the messenger and the lamb.
the lamb is meek, gentle, kind, and so forth. It's opposite in many ways to the fiery warrior. The fiery warrior is out to, to conquer and to, to, you know, to strive, to get for what um, he or she wants for themselves in the material world. The lamb is gentle and meek and quite helpless, needs nurturing. And it's the Christ principle that is born in this particular sign via the agency of Mercury. And all that Mercury stands for, which is the principle of of mediating between the higher and the lower. And we go back to the, the card again, where you've got the, the blue and the green with the line in between, the white line or the light blue line, separating the two hemispheres, the two spheres of spiritual activity. So this particular justification. And this particular God, if you, in many ways, is um, symbolized by this quality of ram. It's the alpha and the omega of the horns. The horns pointed both ways. Everything is contained within the lamb, the word lamb and the word God. The beginning of the process of becoming enlightened and the final enlightened. So you start up in the meek, this, this meek white position you're white with because you're cleansing yourself of your sins, your stains, your blemishes of your mortal life and you start off that way as a disciple and eventually you evolve into deity. So the whole process of enlightenment is symbolized there and you do so as you can wield the caduceus staff and everything that the that caduceus staff symbolizes. So you get the whole alpha and omega of your spiritual path there. And of course it's the first sign and it also therefore has veiled within it the final, the beginning and the ending of it all. And the highest of the qualities which relates now to the shambolic aspect and of course one can't really find many words to describe shambhala and so the best I could do at that stage was the divine will. It relates to Uranus, the seventh ray. Uranus is the, the law, the, the cycles, the ritual of bringing down the highest energy into the material plane through ritualistic or cyclic activity. And it veils all of the seven rays. Its colour, of course, is violet. And this card and the horns of the ram also violet, though technically one should be violet, the other one should be a, a, um, a burgundy colour. And the will of God manifests through Aries. And you get in the lowest aspect, of course, it's that martial quality of the aggressive human being. And you know, you know, the bully, etc. So it's the lowest quality, the warrior, the soldier, and the highest quality is the highest aspect of divinity, the highest will that sustains Shambhala and all of the lords of life therein. And therefore, it's the, the manifestation of the divine will that produces the entire wheel of the zodiac and causes it to turn, that um, produces the birthing and deathing of sons. Uh, so everything, the, the, the creation and destruction of forms is the divine will. So it's that which instigates, brings everything into manifestation and then 
the ending of it all, as I said, the Alpha and the Omega. So in between the beginning and the ending is the rest of the signs of the Zodiac. This card that's got a lot of its force, will. So basically Aries, is, it's the demonstration of the first ray. Therefore, you get the, the concept of warrior and, and the will. And the first ray is also veiled in the cardinal sign, the fire energy. Uranus, which is, of course, the seventh ray, but it's the, the manifestation of the first ray on the physical plane. Of course, in Mars and also in Mercury. Mercury itself is the fourth ray, which is um, 147. It's the mechanism where the first ray manifests via into manifestation via the seventh ray. So, and then when you get the sixth ray fused with the first ray, the sixth, seven energy, then you get power, absolute power on the physical plane. So, whichever way you look at it, this card is is the card of will, of, of power. So the Aryans are full of, you know, martial will. So, it's... In a chart, when you have a moon in Aries, what is the quality the moon can take? With it depends, always depends on aspects. It always depends on ah, aspects. Okay. The, moon, mm-hmm. the, moon is, the moon is the form, and it depends on what the moon rails, what comes to the moon. But it could mean that the person could be very, very forceful. The personality could be very, very forceful, or psychic. Depends again on the aspects, it's. and uh, the spiritual age of the individual. And spiritual age isn't so important when you're looking at charts. Absolutely. So, whatever is the planet in Aries, sorry, it gives a quality, uh, the quality of esoteric quality of some maybe very fiery and fiery. Yes, it makes it. Yeah. If you remember the key word fiery energy and then extrapolate that into the planet that's in Aries, then it just makes it more forceful, more fiery, more dominant. 10th of September. You can see that being, of course, is a Logos. stands for any concept of a creator god or a demiurge that starts the whole new day rolling forward. Because it's the first sign, it's initial beginnings. And the colours associated with this being is the first three rays. Red, blue and green. You get the, the blue in the book, of course, which is the proper colour for any book of wisdom. Sealed with five seals here of the colours of the Buddhas of meditation, Dhyani Buddhas. And therefore the colours of the rays of mind, essentially. And of course he's sitting on a green throne because that's the throne of divine activity of the mother, the mother's department. And from the mother's department emanates all that we can cognize. And also, therefore, he has a green head aura because that he's acting as the creative deity. The other colors symbolized there, of course, is the fire of fifth ray and the the yellow of the fourth ray. So we go to the fourth and fifth rays. So it's the finger or the hand of God, if you wish, pointing downwards, this inverted pentagram. That's uh, the other color that is the horns of the ram is the sixth and seventh ray combination. So that relates to samsara. That which is impregnated in samsara 
the Isle of Pingala and to Shumna Nadis of the twin serpents coiled around the central Shumna column. And we talked before about the two horns of the ram, involution, evolution. The horns of the ram are actually the spiral. Each one of them is, is composed of spirals, form of the fallopian tubes. So you can see there's, there's much symbolism. They all got to do with the creation of form. So this particular entity here is effectively Brahma, the third Logos. He holds again a green sword or the blue sword, green-blue sword. And it's the um, sword of discrimination that discriminates between right and wrong. Essentially it's above his head because it brings the energies down from, from above to below. From the domain of the mind into manifestation. Eventually at the right time he will cleave samsara, colour them too. There we have uh, essentially the, a depiction of the creative Logos. And of course he wields a throne, a, a certain type of hat. This type of hat you see in Buddhist, Buddhism where those five Dhyani Buddhas with the initiation crown. So he is crowned with the energies of the Buddhas of meditation, with therefore with the full enlightenment. It brings us therefore essentially this card that starts with the atomic plane and the energies come as far as manifestation goes into the higher mental plane and then starts the entire creative process. The surrounding imagery we've gone into the sky, the, the early dawn, and then of course the verdure of the lamb sitting there, which represents the 12 signs of the zodiac. It's the beginning of, which is the Lamb of God, or the Christ principle. Starts out very young, and by the time he's travelled through the 12 signs, becomes a ram. And so you've got the implication of the principle of consciousness that is now um, preparing in this early morning to travel through the 12 petals of the heart lotus. And the green colour, again, is the green of activity of the mother's domain. And you can see in our, our dear meditation space, this temple is quite dedicated to the mother's domain, to the feminine principle, by the Viridian the major viridian coloration of its walls, etc. That's on the the sign Aries, the ram. I, we could, if one wanted to, look at these three ruling planets, the exoteric, these, the esoteric and the hierarchical, and one had a lot of time, but it's done in DK's books. And see the, the associations between the ruling planets of all the other 12 signs, and so it produces affiliations between them. I'm not going to go to that depth in these cards. That suffices. Aries, the Ram, the Book of Wisdom. And of course, all of you can probably figure out that this book that he holds in his hand is yeah, wisdom, but it's the book of whatever is contained in the entire Creation is a groan of and travail of and pain. So everything that we regard as phenomena, samsara, is contained in this book, in this particular book. All the mantras, words of power and so forth.